Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. Welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. I am delighted to be joined by Tanya Kunza today. Tanya is a neuroscience coach and highly sought after international keynote speaker. She's a thought leader and corporate consultant specializing in the realms of consciousness, leadership, and transformation. Tanya has been bringing the science, psychology, and maths to sales since 2011 with proven outcomes. She's one of the most prominent speakers on neuroscience-based conscious business development globally and a published author of three books. She created a two-year sales diploma in South Africa through SETA. The publication, Women the Conversation, chose Tanya as one of the top 40 most inspiring women shaping Africa in 2019. On the international stage, she has been a panel expert at the Sales Enablement Soiree in London and San Francisco. Upcoming is Toronto and Vegas. Tanya was also a Besma judge in London. Due to her community upliftment focus, she was a noticed international platform and elected a LinkedIn Goodwill Ambassador in 2017. And she's a former CNBC Africa anchor of her series, Healthy Business. Tanya, a warm welcome. How are you doing? Thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. That's a hefty list of key achievements there, Tanya. And really excited to, to jump in today. <laughs> and learn a bit more about yourself, really. We'd love to learn your background, how you got into the business world, a few of the key companies you worked at, and the actionable tips you can share with our audience in terms of sales, in terms of business growth, and in terms of marketing. Um, and then it'll be interesting to learn a bit more. We can dive into psychology side of things with sales, and learn a bit more about the techniques that you use to scale your company where it is today in terms of digital marketing and in terms of offline marketing. Yeah, so if you could guide us and if we could learn a bit more about you, Tanya, that would be great. Perfect. Well, I am a neuroscience coach and I also studied business coaching. And that all makes a lot of sense when I explain my early days. So both my mom and my dad are professional artists. And okay. I didn't have a familial background in business and I think that my right brain creative capacity is actually what has helped me in the business space and I didn't really want to go into the art and follow in their footsteps. I had a yearning for business and I cut my teeth on sales in the early days and then I moved into strategy and then I moved into marketing and as I climbed the ladder it was always in those areas. Um, the very first serious job I had I want to call it that or career move that I had was for nine years and I was in the wellness space and okay. uh, pioneered wellness in South Africa we did the very first proof of concept for a company called Rand Merchant Bank and it was the first wellness center in South Africa and then we we did about 23 other large multinationals throughout the country from that time and that led me into the international realm. So I opened up 23 countries for exports into Europe and Asia and did a lot of traveling globally at that point. Um, and then from there, a lot of take parts for me there were how critical and pertinent soft skills were in the corporate space. So in that okay. company, I started off with sales and strategy and 
marketing and I literally ran everything including international exports and I learned about all of these these dynamics and it was really wonderful to to get all that experience and then yeah. from there I went into working with CNBC and I conceptualized co-produced and presented my show on CNBC Africa called Healthy Business and the premise of the show was all about the financial benefits of soft skills, essentially, a healthy business, mind, body, energy. And that's what then led me into starting my company because after studying my coaching and realizing what I did differently in sales and all the sales teams that I'd managed as a sales manager along the way, I was able to apply the practicality. So I've, I've got the practical skills and the learned skills. And then I bring the science, the maths, the psychology, into the business development space or sales enablement space, all encompassing, and into the leadership space. So not only sales leadership, but leadership at large. So that is my journey. Do you have any questions? There? Awesome. So in terms of, we've covered a lot in a very short space of time. So the first role we talked about there, Tanya, um, you said it nine years. Was it at bank, did you say? So it'd be interesting to learn a bit more about what you were doing, what you were selling. It sounded like you grew pretty quickly over the nine years and you branched out to many different countries. So it'd be interesting to learn the secrets and how you were able to progress so fast. All right. So in those nine years, the company was actually a wellness company. So it leaned heavily into the soft skills. And we okay. had a whole consortium of people. And then we started a proof of concept with a bank in South Africa, one of the largest banks. And in that organization, I went in at the entry level, starting in a sales role and then became sales manager and then ended up as, as literally 2IC to the owner of the organization. And we collaborated with psychologists, um, psychiatrists, and anybody that you could bring into that soft skills space, all the way through to even personal trainers were brought into the environment. And the whole premise of that organization was to enable the individual within that organization that we would be dealing with to be at their peak performance so that they in turn could impact the financial bottom line of that company. And that was a nine year journey and absolutely phenomenal. The lessons there were incredible. I think I really was able to work on a, on a, on a global platform. I was doing online uh, sales management right back in, in back in the days of sort of 2000. So learning how to use technology, how to work with individuals, how to understand how the different countries operated. So when I teach globally and I, I go, and, the premise of my business now is obviously consulting and growing and developing sales teams and growing and developing leaders. Sure. And, you know, that working globally for those since, well, gosh, all those years ago, really helped me to understand that you, there is no one size fits all. You know, you can't create a model and go, oh, that applies to America, that applies to Europe. Each country, each city operates differently. So I think that was my big, big take out there. And then not only that, each individual operates differently. Got it. So working with different individuals, working with different nations, different countries. So when we talk about wellness... Um, how would you say that reflects into sales and into business in general, Tanya, in terms of someone's well-being? So let's perhaps relate it to a business fact. Let's say you've, you've had a hard week at the office. It's Thursday or it's Friday afternoon. Um, you've got to make calls to, to hit your weekly target and you're feeling drained. Um, what things can we do that perhaps we aren't doing when we're busy, when we've got a lot over our heads that we perhaps don't think about that could help us to perform better? 
That's a lovely question. So I've just released my third book called The Power of Positivity. And it's a business slash self-help book. And I'm going to lean into that because that actually answers your question. Okay. As individuals, when we're selling, the way we feel is how we see the world. And, you know, there's obviously what we think is impactful. And there's a massive school of thought out there about thoughts are real forces, what you think you are. And I mean, I've seen a gazillion memes going around on that. (laughs) But what people have not leaned into, which I explain in detail in my book, is the impact of how you feel underpinning that thought that you have will determine where in your brain you're thinking it. So let me elaborate on that just a little bit more. If I'm feeling fearful because my sales manager is putting huge pressure on me, what will happen is I go, oh, I need to make target. And that goes into the areas of the brain that elicit a fight, flight, or freeze response. So areas like the amygdala and surrounding areas. What ensues okay. from it is that you start then producing hormones like cortisol one of many negative hormones, but it's one of them. And what the knock-on effect of cortisol will be things like inattentional blindness. So what happens there is you stop seeing the opportunities and the results that are around you where you could take them. It causes um, sleeplessness. It causes weight loss, extreme weight loss, extreme weight gain. It causes a number of knock-on effects. Now that on a perpetual basis can lead to depression among other things. If the same thought, oh, I need to make target, I'm so excited, I want to go on a big holiday, I'm planning it, I'm bringing this in, whatever your motivation is, and it goes to more your prefrontal cortex and it goes to more your anterior cingulate and the, and the parts of the brain that, that elicit a more positive hormonal reaction in your, in your body, suddenly you start seeing opportunities. And let me put that into a, a, a terminology where I know that salespeople will actually resonate with it. That'd be great. When you are selling and you are way ahead of targets and you feel like a superhero in sales. You can't stop selling, right? People just keep buying from you because suddenly you're just epic. And then doubt creeps in and you go, oh, oh my goodness, but I've been selling. So what if, what if I don't do it next month? And suddenly it's that knock-on effect. And all that's happened is you've shifted in your brain from one to another And it's a ramification that knocks on. So the course that I've created helps to shift people from the fear-based part of the brain to the consciousness part of the brain. And it's taken me nine years to build that and to create that dynamic through trial and error working with groups of people. And the beautiful thing is it is a formula and it's teachable and it's repeatable. Got it. Okay. So from what we've talked about there, it sounds like there's kind of hormones that go on in your brain, in your mind that cause these negativity that can then lead to bad things like lack of sleep, either gaining weight or losing tons of weight. Um, but on the same breath, if, you, if you're on a roll, so if you're, if you're making lots of sales, if you're bringing lots of new business in, that tends to go well. So then you tend to stay on this line for a little while. And then all of a sudden you might think, oh, I didn't, I didn't land that deal today or this week was a bit bad. And then you start, start getting these neg- negative thoughts arousing your mind and then you start to creep on a downward cycle. Is there anything we can do, Tanya? Um, appreciate you've got quite a detailed process, but we're, we're on quite a short show. Is there any top tips that we can say, look, this is, this is 
um, a few few tips to keep your mindset positive or things to focus on that are going to help you. So every time you are feeling down or every time you are th thinking that the, the target for your business or your sales target is an, an absolute mountain you've got to climb to put, the, put people listening in on the right path. So what I would say is the first thing is really and truly understand your operating system. Understand who you are because each one of us are unique individual. There are no one size fits all. And I think that is a critical thing you need to realize. You can't just download a course and go, yay, I'm going to make it work. You have to understand who you are. And once you do that, you can apply that to any course and go, okay, I'm taking that nugget. I'm leaving that nugget because it doesn't always only work for that individual, right? So we need to understand that. I think that's a big thing. And then the next thing is to manage your emotions is incredibly important to okay. really introspect. And what I've found with a lot of the people that I've worked with is if we, we, we've really got them to understand what their blocks are. You know, there's apparently, and I, I'm not sure, this is what I've heard out there. I haven't got any conclusive proof of it. There are apparently 24 money blocks. And I've identified all 24 through my research and what I find is people have a money block and I work them through it. I help them understand it. I help them get over it. Having a money block is a big deal, especially now, because if you're what I call a lack thinker, you will find why you can't sell it. You'll blame the money. You'll blame the price. If you're selling on price, the probability is that you've got a money block. So okay. that's something else that people really need to lean into. Besides money blocks, there are a tremendous amount of other blocks that people have. The I'm not good enough flag. The, there are a number of them. So what I, if that's something else that people can really lean into to understand and that dynamic of, and, and then really understanding the operating system um, from, a, from a neuroscience perspective is powerful. Knowledge is power. Knowledge about self is power. Got it. So are we talking about understanding the issues with yourself in terms of what's actually holding you back? So when you say money block, does that mean the actual cost of our product or our service that we're selling? Or does that mean the money that we want to make in terms of our sales or in terms of our commission? Or does it mean the targets that we've got? Could we, could we explain that a little bit better? Very Possible? good question. Thank you. Thank you. And that clarifies quite nicely. None of the below. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what that is, is your chosen attitude towards money ah. so you have said oh that's expensive money block if you are buying on price if you're experiencing on price and if you're selling on price you have a fundamental money block it's your attitude towards money that is actually preventing you from moving around your obstacle. Does that answer your question? That, that makes a lot more sense. So it's more how we're, how we're treating money. So I guess moving this back to sales, moving back to business, if we think our product's fairly expensive ourselves, or if we don't see the value personally, then that's going to put a huge block on our minds and then mm -hmm. not help us to actually close business, win deals, sell more stuff. Cool. Interesting. All right, moving forward, let's, let's go on to CNBC. So I think there'll be some interesting lessons that you can share with us here. So you, you had your own show, right? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you learned over the years, a lot of things in terms of communication skills, presentation skills that you could perhaps share with us that could help everyone tuning in. Well, I absolutely loved being at CNBC Africa. It was a wonderful group of people that I worked with. I can't sing their praises high enough. 
And it was quite an interesting dynamic because I had so much intellectual property when it came to wellness as a, as a concept. And I created this show, which, which I called Healthy Business. And I went to see um, a gentleman called Hilton Kellner at a company called Discovery in South Africa. And I put the show forward to him and he loved the concept. And they decided to sponsor the show. And because I had built it, I had all the IP, he said, look, I really think you should present it. So I went back and I said, guys, you know, I need to get a crash course on presenting. <laughs> it's terrifying. I'm not going to lie. You know, the camera man stands here, he goes, five, four. And you just go. <laughs> yeah, I bet for the first time anyway, definitely. Terrifying. And... Um, but, you know, you get into it, and I really loved it. I had an amazing producer. I had a fantastic team. And you start realizing in that, in that time, it's really largely about you and your team that put the show together. I interviewed absolutely incredible people, and the insights were phenomenal from all of them. Uh, one of my favorites was the sports field versus the boardroom with a rugby legend. And we, he, he, also, he was a rugby legend, and he was a CEO of a very successful company. Okay different strategies between the two which is actually on my um, youtube channel which is so fascinating to listen to and um yeah i think it was just it was a phenomenal time where you start realizing all these nuances that go into making a business successful it's not just the business plan it's not just the powerful ceo and his education it goes way beyond it's about the team it's about the group of individuals and you know, we conclusively proved that soft skills are a critical component to companies making it. And I would say in this time of, of COVID, right now, when you say the cream of the crop is rising to the top within corporate, I was interviewing on my podcast, one of the ladies from BMW South Africa, and she was saying what they're finding is, is that the cream of the crop is really rising to the top right now within organizations because they're the ones that are getting, are getting up and just going, going, going. And that is fundamentally due to your emotional intelligence. And I think emotional intelligence is a very, very large component of people who are thriving in this time. Okay. So what, what are these top performers doing differently, would you say, in, in terms of emotional intelligence? So just for, for people that aren't as clear on what that means or how we can actually harness that, are there a few quick examples we could talk about? Okay, so I think what's happening to sort of lean back into what I said originally is they are not going into that panic state and they're not blaming, okay. you know. So the minute you start going, oh, it's the fault of da, 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 that I'm not working or it's the fault of this or I'm not coping or whatever the right. case, you know, you, you then sit in a situation where the minute you start blaming outside of self for something to happen, that would be that you're not dealing with it yourself. So a high emotional intelligent person actually says, okay, there's a problem. How do I fix it? How do I deal with it? How do I find my way? And they lead themselves. So they're self-leaders. And also, because they're not blaming outside of self, what's happening is they are actually not, um, they're not fighting with other people within the organization. So often a lot of infighting takes place within an organization. And here we're sitting and we're going, right, emotionally intelligent people are sitting back and going, my, my colleagues are not the enemy here. COVID's the enemy. We're going to find a way through this. How do we collectively find a way through this? And they start working as a team. Got it. 
No, I can, I can certainly relate to that. So it sounds like talking about taking action rather than blaming um, other people in your organization or things going on around you and, and being, being a self-leader. So it might relate to, let's say in sales, marketing past you some bad leads and you just start blaming them and then you get yourself into a rut and you start working, up, working yourself up and wasting hours and hours. Or perhaps yeah. one of your team delivered a project a little bit poorly or they missed a deadline and you start blaming them. And instead of focusing on the work you need to be doing, you're just distracting yourself, working yourself up and, and not really getting anywhere, it sounds like. Yes, absolutely. And I think another big thing that's really coming through for me is a lot of people are going, work hard, work hard, work hard. If you're just working hard, you have no way of knowing what's going to come into your space. And my philosophy and my motto is work smart and then work hard at it. So you need all those coaching profiles, platforms, nuances to structure and plan and then you work hard. Because, you know, just getting up there and seeing eight clients for the sake of seeing eight clients online <laughs> is not actually going to do anything. You know, you don't tick a box there. It's, it's working smart and hard at it. Awesome. And just before we move on, I bet, like you said, you got to interview some awesome people, professional rugby players, and I'm sure many other celebrities and well-known people. This may be a, a, a tricky or a bit of an open question, but have you got any secrets, any tips that you could share in terms of how you got people to really open up? Um, which is something I'm always, work, always working on as a host. I, I guess there's no silver bullet, but perhaps you had a few strategies on openers or kind of open-ended questions that you would use that you experienced over the years. Um, I don't have a specific strategy, and it's not even a conscious intention. I think, um, I think when, when you're connecting with someone like you're connecting with me now, it's about that conversation and I think, you know, one, one almost needs to forget that you're being filmed. I think it's got to be that you're so engaged in, you know, you're listening to me, I'm listening to you, you're feeding back to me. And I think what you're doing is amazing because it's listening to what I'm saying, understanding it, and then unpacking it in your terminology, which will enable other people to understand what I've said better. So I think, I think what you're doing is awesome. I would have thought that. Great. I'm not going to fish for any more compliments now, I promise. Okay. So what we really want to know now, Tanya, is um, a bit more about your company and how you've built it up. Because I know just before we started recording, you said you've shifted it all to online um, since the pandemic. So everything can be done digitally, which is a great move. Um, so it'd be interesting to know kind of the early days, what was the light bulb moment, why you started the business and how you've been able to scale it up to where it is today. Okay, so in my book, actually, I, I explain the whole journey. So if anybody does read it, they'll see that. But what happened was I was working in, in a large organization and I had, I'm not going to mention their name because I'm going to say something necessarily good. Okay. <laughs> and I, um, I was very well paid. The expectations on me were not bad at all. And everything was really good. I just had this unbelievable yearning to follow what I call my life purpose path, which is exactly what I'm doing. It's developing, growing, and helping people. And in that organization, I was a sales manager. I was, I was senior in the, in the organization. It was a large multinational organization. And I felt desperately unfulfilled and desperately unhappy. And sometimes I'd go home and I'd think, geez, you know, be grateful for what you have. For goodness sake, you're so blessed. You're so lucky. And I had this, this longing. And on, you know, I, I suddenly just got this, this opportunity to um, move into my own business, which I took with open hands and I resigned and I started my company 
And because my company is so based on passion, so I started it in 2011, so that's nine years ago. Um, and my reason and my need is, is so that I feel so completely fulfilled by what I do. Every time I get a phone call, a message, um, and, and a testimonial from someone or a company going, my goodness, thank you so much. Or I look at the listing on my, my listed corporates on the JSC, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, or any of the other exchanges globally, and I see that the company's flying. It's, it's such an amazing feeling. So um, what I would say is, you know, building a company on passion, waking up in the morning and, and living your dream, living your passion, working with people, engaging with people and getting excited, not by the sales bell that goes off, but by the fact that someone's life has shifted, someone's life has changed. It ignites such a passion in me and, and I love that so much. So I think really that is for me if you can get to a position in your life where you waking up doesn't matter what day it is monday saturday whatever and you wake up and you feel i love what i do i love my life i'm so thankful for what i do that is possibly the biggest blessing you could ever have and that's what my company is based on i go into organizations i assess the leadership through psychometric profiling and I assess the sales teams because I think those two are your fundamental growth points where we can actually lead them directly back to the financial bottom line. I lean heavily into financial bottom line. I need to understand that my inputs and my outcomes are aligned with that. And I then um, work online actually quite effectively. So what happened was my company was not at all online. It was all people facing. Right. And then I would travel over the world. So I traveled to nine countries in 12 months. Wow. And so I know it was crazy. And in fact, my last flight, a local flight, I was actually invited to sit with the pilots in the front of the plane, which was absolutely epic. That was that my very awesome. last flight. <laughs> it was great. And um, I suddenly woke up on the ninth, on the 16th of March, and all my clients were saying, Look, you know, we can't um, do face to face, make a plan. So I did. And my entire business is online. I coach online individuals. I coach groups online. I do strategies online. I do assessments online. My books are out there. So yeah, awesome. Zoom, MS Teams, all of those things are very possible to conduct a coaching intervention organization online globally. Great move. And I'd encourage any company that is able to move digitally to do it. I mean, we, we did a web choice. Um, we're obviously a digital marketing company. So about two, one and a half, two years ago, we found ourselves traveling a lot. So to places like London, different cities around the UK. And for projects that weren't always landing, deals that weren't always coming in, we were spending £100 on travel, accommodation, meeting people, spending a whole day. And we thought, this isn't right. There's a better way. We, we just decided to refuse to meet people face to face, did everything over Zoom. As a result, it made better use of everyone's time. We started making more revenue, so it just made sense. We, we moved into that space a long time ago, and any company that's able to work that way, I, I understand that all are, um, I'd, I'd recommend it. Okay, so Tana, talk us through a bit more um, of the marketing channels that you've, you've utilized to acquire customers. So be it digital, so be it online marketing of any shape or form, or, or be it offline, face-to-face -face networking, cold calling, cold email. It'd be interesting to know a few of the strategies that you've utilized, that you've harnessed, and that you'd recommend for anyone tuning in to acquire more customers and generate more sales pipeline? Okay, well, the first thing I'm going to say is I'm the world's worst emailer known to mankind. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows me, they just don't email me. So <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a problem. 
Um, but that's authentic and it's honest. I have built up a huge reputation over the past 30 years globally. So I think a lot of my business comes from word of mouth still today. When a, okay. once a client starts with me, they tend to stay with me and they tend to refer me. So I think referrals for me are a very big um, aspect of my, my business. I'm a very big fan of LinkedIn. I think it is a phenomenal platform for anybody to build a strong and solid um, environment. I find it a very, look, it is the professional platform, but it is professional. And I find that it's, it's a wonderful place to connect with people, to understand what they're all about. You can really learn a tremendous amount about someone on that platform. Um, and, you know, that's, that's really where I lean the most into. I'm on all platforms, but I give all my energy to LinkedIn. Yeah. And, um, you know, the app world also is, is a very big world. I'm a huge fan of Apple. My son is actually an app developer and he has got a few, he's got an app called Lazy Bones and um, he's got a motivational app as well. And I find that it's, it's also a very solid, strong community, the Apple community. I really think that they're amazing. And, you know, I think a lot of the, you know, audible audio books and that kind of thing, I've got an audio book out. So I think a lot of people as well, especially in the sales space, prefer to listen to yep. a book rather than read it. So I would say, you know, if you're that person that really battles to read, you get to page 16 and you're falling asleep or you're drifting off to <laughs> think about washing your car. Um, <laughs> it's, it's funny you should mention that actually, Tanya. I've just moved to Audible because I'm a really, really slow reader, which I think I've said several times in different episodes. So it takes me about two minutes to read a page, whereas my fiance, 10 seconds later, she's page, 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 book done. Whereas I'm like five hours later, I'm only 10 pages deep. So I've, <laughs> I've decided that, I need to move to audio rather than um, scrolling through a, a snail's pace. 100%. So I want you to completely dismiss any judgment you've had to yourself on that. That's why I was jumping in there to just like, oh, no, I have to save you. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a free coaching lesson right now. Right. Get an audio, a visual, and something called a kinesthetic representational system. Okay. None are better or worse than each other. They, are, they just are. They're how you operate. So you are an audio. I don't, I don't need to do a test, okay? And in, as such, you are more equipped to absorb information listening to something than you are reading it. Your girlfriend, you said? Yep, she fiance, is, yeah. Fiance, sorry. She is a visual. Reading is far easier for her. Now, She's not better than you. She's not worse than you. The schooling system has just decided that that is how one should be. It's not necessarily right. Okay. She's a visual. She reads. Fantastic. You're an audio. You listen. Fantastic. You are equal. It's just your representational system that works. Now, what happens is a lot of people that are more audio, because it's deemed school normal to be a good reader, seem to feel something negative about themselves. Please dismiss that. You're amazing. And own the fact that you're an audio. Listen to the books. Download my audio book and listen to it. <laughs> no, that's great. And I think, it, like you say, it's important for people to understand what works for them and mm. then consume content in, in the category that works for you as long as you're, as long as you're learning, which is, in my opinion, so crucial in sales and business marketing general, generally. Sorry. It's, yeah, it's, it's a great thing. Okay. A um, couple more things we want to cover, Tanya. The, did you say the bulk of your work, it sounds like, comes from word of mouth, so referrals? Yes. Would that be a fair statement? 
Okay, so great. So have you got any tips on asking for the perfect referral? Because this is something everyone I ask has got a different opinion on. You know, I find that a very interesting question. And if I, I'm going to almost answer it. I know I'm, I'm being reported, but I'm answering it off the record. <laughs> I think if you can provide passion related service and you really do care about your customer and you get phenomenal results i think people almost can't help themselves referring you and i almost feel that that if you need to ask for a referral how good was your service okay that's a good good take and it's a new take so i was like new okay that's that's fair enough I get right. it. I get that it's a pillar. I get that it's it's taught. And I'm, I'm in my first book, Head Over Sales, I say ask for referrals. But, you know, as you get older and wiser and you get more laugh lines, you start realizing that it's about how you function and how you operate that determines your outcomes. So what we're saying is do work or produce results that are so great, you don't actually need to ask for the referrals because your customers are already doing it for you. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, cool. And then we said LinkedIn and you've got three books, Tanya. So mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to know kind of how long those took. Was it hard? Um, was it hard to come up with all the ideas, that, a quick snapshot of the lessons learned and also if they've helped in terms of gaining new customers, which I guess they have in terms of building up your reputation and things like that. Okay. So I, my first book um, I wrote in 2014, it's called Head Over Sales. That's the one that's now in an audio version as well. It's very, I thought it was very fundamental when I wrote it. And that was really just my journey in sales from, from 1990 through to, to 2014. Just a few of the tips and tricks I picked up along the way that I really thought everybody knew. And what I've realized subsequently, I had a guy of, of 65, wonderful man, head of a large multinational organization. At the time, he was the CIO. And um, he turned around and he said, Tanya, I wish I'd known this stuff when I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. And I realized from him and many other people that because people typically were never, haven't done a diploma in sales, they haven't spent two years studying sales. And trust me, I could probably write material that people could study a five-year doctorate in sales. They, you don't know what you don't know. And you can never assume that somebody knows something because it's what they found along their journey. And often people aren't very conscious of what they've actually taken in. So as much as I called it my fundamental book, I think people gain gain value from it because it's stuff that they don't necessarily know or because I think so differently, they might get a different take, like I've just said on my referrals. As much as in that book, I probably will tell you to go and ask for referrals, but that was written years ago. And then my second book is co-authored and it's a sales dictionary and it just gives you, you you can look up C for closing and get a little bit of an excerpt there and it's a bit of fun and it's an easy book to go through. And then the third one, which is now my, I mean, I'm excited about it and it's, it's very much a passion oriented book. It's really about the neuroscience underpinning everything you do. So it's not definitive to sales, it's definitive to life. Because I work with so many leaders and so many CEOs, CIOs, CFOs across the continent and large organizations, it's not limited to the business development aspect. It's really a global book. It's a thought-leading book. And it's, it's about understanding the neuroscience impact in your life. And the byline is, you know, are you, are you programmed 
or are you conscious? And Interesting. You know, that is, is the dynamic that I think is very important for people to understand. And it's, it's really about, you know, not what you think, where in your brain you think it. And it all unpacks from there. And if you get that right, I think that's very much fundamentally the secret to a successful life. I like it. And we'll have to give that a listen very soon. All right, Tanya. So a lot of people tuning in or watching um, are probably thinking at some stage about starting their own company if they've not done so already. So anyone that's just started their business or thinking of taking the leap, have you got any words of advice, golden nuggets, um, tips, tricks that can help them make it less stressful? Because I know a lot of people that have come on have said, look, the first six months, the first year, are absolutely hard graft, seriously hard work. Have you got any words of wisdom to help them out? Well, I'm going to actually lead them to, um, to Google Tanya Kunza and then to go on to my videos. I give away a tremendous amount of IP because over the years I've acquired so much and I'm also a firm believer of helping people and sharing. So if you, if you Google my name and then you go on to videos, there are about 20 or 30 videos on there where I share so much and I know a lot of people that are starting businesses will gain a tremendous amount from those videos. And um, obviously, if they want to follow me on LinkedIn, I also share and give away a lot of tips and tricks on how they can start and move forward. And then, of course, the fundamental one is um, really find out who you are as an individual and how you operate in this world, because that is your key. Love that. Brilliant stuff. And as we like to ask everyone that comes on, Tanya, if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, having a positive influence on yourself and your career so far, who would that be and why? Oh, I'm going to sound like such a nerd right now, Albert Einstein. (laughs) I don't think we've had him yet. (laughs) I I love him. He underpins so much of my work. He just knew. He just got it. He just understood. And if you listen to his wisdom, he he knew he had the way through so so he's my absolute hero and he was the one that got me thinking differently excellent well thanks so much for coming on tanya everyone you've been tuning into sam's business growth show where we sit down with business leaders experts and entrepreneurs from around the globe we find out their story how marketing is helpful along the way and they actually give you tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business and yourselves tanya tell us a quick snapshot of how people can connect with you and the best way for people to get in touch Okay, so LinkedIn is great. Just Tanya Kunza on LinkedIn and uh, you can email me there or you can follow me and that'll be the great way for you to connect. Excellent. Thanks very much for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.